Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello! <laughs> oh. You ruined it. She looks all affronted. I mean, like... What were you going to say? Sorry, let's do it again. No. What? <laughs> what are you doing? Never mind. Okay, I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction and fantasy. I have drama and romance. Oh, I have action and metric. We take turns selecting from our movie genre movies that, in our opinions, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these films on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by <laughs> listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. Rough. Today's pick on the podcast is Carly's pick. Hey, it's Thank You for Smoking. You're welcome. Are you going to do the song? Uh, the opening credit song? Yeah, it is pretty Yeah, cool. when we're doing our end credits. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Well, <laughs> That's my plan. <laughs> were you asking her if she was just going to sing it? Yeah. <laughs> right the now? The answer is no. <laughs> okay. Uh, so tell us about this flick. Well, it was written and directed by Jason Reitman. Reitman? Reitman, yeah. Who also I mean, wrote and directed Up in the Air and Labor Day, neither of which I saw. But I remember hearing about them. Up in the air is George Clooney flying around airports. And Labor Day is Josh Brolin. Um, basically gets taken in by a single mom and her kid. And No, no. He's like a murderer on the yes, run. Yes, he's on the run. They pick him up, though, because it's then, hurt. And then he, like, And then they have some very some weird or something. <laughs> love affair. Um, they, t- they did that one on We Hate Movies. It's oh. Labor Day. It sounds like a piece of garbage. I never saw it. Dog trash. Dog I think trash. it's way back in their back catalog. Uh, also, hi to Will, who hasn't called us yet for the podcast. Oh, yeah. He calls on the way here. Have we called on the way here? Because yeah. it's only two minutes in. I thought he's got time. <laughs> it's based on a novel by Christopher Buckley, who is a political satirist and has written quite a few novels. This one came out in like 94. And it was on the New York Times bestseller list, but the older I get and the more I learn, like, everything's on that list. <laughs> Something that sounds really cool? I think you only have to, once you reach selling a certain amount of books, then you make it to the bestsellers list. It's not like people voted or anything. It's just, yeah. it's like getting a gold record. It's, you reach a certain point and you're on it. A lot of the romance novels I read are on the bestsellers mm-hmm. list and nobody Many ever. Of, like, I, a lot of the ones I've read are good, but some of them I'm like, this is the <laughs> but I'm sure that's true of any genre. Yeah. All right. So we are starring Aaron Eckhart. Welcome back to the podcast. Actually, there's a few of these. And he was in what else? Seeing the core. The core. Batman. <laughs> well, he actually got that role because Christopher Nolan saw him in this movie. So he was Harvey Dent. This is what got him Harvey Dent. But he was in the core. We've talked about him before. We have J.K. Simmons and Adam Brody, both from Jennifer's Body. Mm-hmm. Back to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was. I, I don't remember that movie. J.K. Right. Simmons was the teacher. Yeah. And Adam Brody was one of the musicians, right? Like the head of the band? Yes, yes. right. Mm. How do know. I remember? It was your movie. you <laughs> reading it off your tablet there. It's the right? one that threw the knife into the whirlpool. Yeah. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> we have Todd Luiso. Welcome back to the podcast. He was one of the record salesmen in High Fidelity. Mm-hmm. He plays Ron yes. Goody in this mm-hmm. movie. We have Connie Ray, who plays Pearl in this movie. Welcome back to the podcast, Miss Bobby Claire from Hope Floats. Yeah. 
I try to block that one out. Those are the only ones that I Bobby Claire got herself some new titties. I don't think there's any more Welcome Back to the Podcast, but other big names in here are William H. Macy, Robert Welcome Duvall. Back to the Podcast, The Last Dragon. Really? Yeah. Yeah, remember he was the agent or whatever. He was the one who was trying to get Laura Charles to was, play the video because the arcade was a real heavy dude. It's, oh. it's impressive that he's not. We did hundred and something. See, I didn't go that far back, I guess. Yeah, you got to go back to episode two. He's really, <laughs> it's like one of his first, I don't know if it's one of his first movie. Works. It was early in his career. But that he much. had on like really awesome suits. How could you forget? I did forget. Oh, and you're due for a rewatch of The Last oh, Dragon, apparently. Apparently. All right. Uh, we have Robert Duvall, Katie Holmes, Rob Lowe, Sam Elliott. It, which I swear we talked about on the podcast, but he, Sam Elliott? he's not been in anything. That well, he's just Roadhouse awesome. Yet. Yeah, I mean, we've talked awesome. about Roadhouse plenty of times. So <laughs> I'm sure, he came up. We have Dennis Miller from SNL and Joe Dirt. Cameron Bright, um, he's the kid. He also was Alec in the Twilight movies. He was also in X Men Three. Well, yep. yep. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> David Coker Kochner is that how you say his name? I don't know. The one from Anchorman. And uh, he mm-hmm. was in the office, that oh, douchebag okay. guy in the yeah, office. Yeah. Um, Maria awesome. Bello is from NCIS. That's Polly. And Kim History Dickens. History of Violence, uh, Paycheck, Payback. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Coyote Ugly. That's probably that's her true. defining role. I really like She's been in like 45 episodes of NCIS. That's why I put it no. on. I really like Coyote Ugly. <laughs> why would you pick it for the podcast? I don't podcast, think it holds though. up. Because it's not science fiction fantasy. or fantasy. <laughs> what is it? That's like it's a probably drama. drama. Yeah. <laughs> it's I don't probably it drama. There, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> drama. It's a coming of age story. Yeah. About finding yourself. What is Coyote Ugly? You ever wake up next to someone and they're so ugly, you'd rather bite your arm off than disturb them? That's Coyote Ugly. Okay. Yeah, and, and I wrote Kim Dickens was in Gone Girl. She mm-hmm. was a detective, I think, in Gone Girl. Okay. That's his ex wife. Jill, who I just referred to as his ex-wife in my notes, because they only say her name like twice in the movie. So this movie got a, a whopping 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. One of my saves over. I'm, I'm not surprised. Is that certified fresh? What the hell? <laughs> that is certified fresh. And the audience score and the critic score were like 1% apart. It wasn't okay. a discrepancy. All right, really. so it's not going to be a critic um, thing that's underappreciated. Well, its budget was six and a half million. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it grossed t- almost twenty five. So how is this so underappreciated? Money back. That's not underappreciated, Carly. No, it's not. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> how dare but you? Here, here I wrote that uh, we've had a few not really underappreciated <laughs> movies in a row, and I'm just adding mine to the list. <laughs> okay. But no, no. Actually, if this movie had had a bigger budget, it wouldn't have made his money back. It's, I'm gonna say it's still under- only twenty five million. I'm gonna say it's underappreciated. Under- I'm gonna say it is because it wasn't a wide release. It's not. Under- it was a limited release. It wasn't. Stop it was sh- trying to justify this nonsense. It was not underappreciated. <laughs> so we'll add We're it to sorry. The list this year with Tremors and the other guys. <laughs> Tremors was underappreciated by Tony. <laughs> by Tony. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Thank you for smoking was underappreciated by Tony as well. So it applies. And Sleepy Hollow was unappreciated by John because right. he said he only liked it 96%. And I was talking to Tony about the other guys and he's like, I don't know if I really <laughs> love that movie. So underappreciated by Tony. All it's gets very it. complex. Yeah. It's bullshit. You no. guys have some bullshit. At least I had a legit podcast reason. No, well, you some bullshit. No. This is what I have been thinking about doing for a while. And it's a good one. And it was a good one. 
I do think... Don't, don't let Elaine talk shit. In the grand scheme of numbers, if you're looking at, like, Godzilla numbers... Right. What was that, like, 200 million, and this is 25? Yeah. Yeah, but not nearly as many people saw this. <laughs> Clearly. Underappreciated. So, I'm going This is only $6.5 uh, million dollars to make with all those big yeah. names in it? Yeah, everybody worked for scale, they worked I for guess. nothing. I also, Maybe they worked for smokes. I read in the trivia that the director... Um, What's his name? Right. He wrote letters to the people he wanted in this movie to explain to them why they were right for the role, and everybody who got a letter was in the movie. So, like, all your big names got a personal letter from him that said, Hey, I have this movie. This is what I want you to do in it. And they all came on board. Hmm. And they thanked him for the letters. That was different. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, well, Aaron Eckhart's the only one that's. In it a lot. Everybody else is probably yeah. Like Rob very, Lowe very filmed all his scenes in one day. Like I mean, it didn't yeah. take much for him to be in the movie. Aaron Eckhart probably just finished uh, I Frankenstein, so he was looking for another. Yeah. There's not really there's <laughs> well known actors, but there's not any big names in this. But if you look at like um, Maria Bello and she's not in it very much. No. No. Yeah, Katie everybody's in it very like, much. No. A couple there's, scenes. There's, there's, but there's not. There's just well-known stars. There's no big names. There's no Brad Pitt in this. No George Clooney. None of that. No Molly Ringwald. <laughs> Molly Ringwald. <laughs> Molly Ringwald. <laughs> Mo- hasn't oh been famous. God. Hasn't really been huge since the eighties. And her, her go-to is Molly that's, Ringwald. That's, that's my new saying. Now. There's no Molly Ringwald. I mean, she don't bring the big bucks in. I mean, I think Ducky's on in more demand than she is. <laughs> Rob Lowe right. definitely might be. So I have two reviews. The first one is <laughs> from Jessica Winter from Time Out. I don't know if it's a website or a magazine or what. Says, aiming at all targets and hitting none of them, the movie is as harmless and inconsequential as a candy cigarette. Mm. Which they don't sell anymore, but yeah, they do. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to know where they to find stopped. them. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're a, like a specialty item. Yeah. A lot of times, I call them candy sticks <laughs> instead of candy cigarettes. But they're meanwhile, they, when I was little, they were like some of them you could puff smoke. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid. Yep. Yeah, and they had they the still, red end, so it looked like it was lit. They still sell them. <laughs> they're exactly the same. The packaging's exactly the same. They just changed the word cigarettes to sticks. Mm. And then we have Julian Roman from MovieWeb said, It is a thinking man's comedy that is intelligent enough to look at all sides and make fun of everyone equally. And he gave it a four out of five. So what did you think going in, Elaine? I thought, ooh, I like that movie. That's all I got. All right, John. <laughs> well, I was like, this is, a, this is a good movie. This is a think piece movie. <laughs> That it really challenges the duality of people's rights versus what's good for them. And I look forward to it. All right, Tony. I was like, man, we just watched this, so I'll watch it again. (laughs) We did just watch this like three weeks ago. Because I said I was going to pick it. I was like, it'd probably be better if Molly Ringwald was in it. (laughs) We don't have that kind of bucks. (laughs) All right. So... Let's start, I guess. Sure. We have my second movie to open with a talk show. And that's another odd thing. Yeah. (laughs) The Joan Show. Yeah. There are five guests on this one. A teenager who's been diagnosed with cancer. A bad kind. We don't know what, but a bad kind. Lung cancer. (laughs) Any cancer. But who has quit smoking. 
the president of Mothers Against Teen Smoking, the chairwoman of the Lung Association, a top aide for the Department of Health and Human Services, and Nick Naylor, the chief spokesman, spokesperson for the Academy of Tobacco Studies, the main lobby for cigarette companies in D.C. So this lady, Joan, she was in the movie as herself. Uh-huh. Did she seem familiar as a talk show host? No. Yeah. Joan London. Joan London. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of her. But really? You don't know who Joan London is? Same no. with at the end. What's her name? <laughs> Kelly Kelly O'Dell or whatever the hell her name was, that last lady. I remember them from the 80s. I mean, they were I don't a long time ago. This movie is, I mean, it's a satire, so it's a little all over the place. But it, while you're watching it, it like especially when they're talking about we should get cigarettes back on TV. When, like, we looked it up, like, Will and Grace and Forrest Gump and, and Notting Hill, like, they all came out near each other, but not at the same time. And, like, the timing seems odd. And the talk show host, Tony's like, she was in the 80s. Like, they were just all over the place with these decades. Well, if it was, the book was written in 94, but the movie came out in 2005, so yeah. that's probably why. So it's got some why. old references and some. <laughs> all right. I think they were just listing popular things, not necessarily things that were timely. Yeah. So we get a voiceover from Nick where he tells us that he is a hated man, a truly hated man. He doesn't blame people for hating him. He speaks on behalf of an organization that kills 1,200 people every day. And he talks about the Academy of Tobacco Studies that was founded to prove that nicotine wasn't addictive and to test other tobacco industry-related health issues. The doctor there has been researching the link between smoking and lung cancer for over 30 years and hasn't found any results. The man can disprove gravity. (laughs) (laughs) They also have teams of lawyers working to keep them from losing everything in lawsuits. And finally, there's Nick. Spin control. Oh, you didn't... I love the part where he's like, we take them out of uh, Ivy League colleges. It's a lot like a John Grisham novel, (laughs) but less espionage and violence. (laughs) And honestly, this movie is so short, I feel like... It would be better just to let you guys listen to it, and then, <laughs> and then we can give our yay, nay, may base. It's only 93 minutes. It's shorter than many of my episodes. So, so tell me his favorite character could be the editor. Yes. Good editor. It's very quick. The sound editor wasn't bad either. The sound mixer, he was fine. <laughs> Putting it out there. And I want to give a shout out to the, um, the boom guy. The guy who holds the boomstick. Mm-hmm. He was a good guy. And the, and the best boy in the grip. Can't forget the grip. Head grip. King Grip. And the second assistant to Miss um, Bello. Also want to give him a shout out. Lighting. Yeah. Good lighting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets paid to talk. And he's that guy that can pick up any girl but on crack. And he can talk his way out of everything. Can win arguments when there's you said that wrong. proof. You, you said that wrong. You made it sound like he's on crack. Oh, well. No, no. He's, <laughs> he's that, guy that guy that could pick up any girl on crack. Yes. I think he should have Like times a thousand. I think he should have said on Times a thousand. Yes. Yeah, times steroids, steroids would have been, would have been better. Anyway. <laughs> Back to the talk show. Nick argues that Big Tobacco would not benefit from the death of this young man. He says we would lose a customer. If anything... It's in everybody else up here's benefit if he dies. Like, <laughs> the senator wants him to die. It's like, wait, yeah. what? Yes, because then he'll you have get a more boy. funding. Yeah. He, more funds he and, has more of a platform. Like, he wants you to die. I want you to live so you can buy more cigarettes. And, uh, and then he stands up and goes, bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had a valor. Well, who doesn't? 
and then he moonwalked off the stage. And he exposes a plan that Big Tobacco has to launch a $50 million campaign against teen smoking because they care about the teens. So, uh, cut to his boss yelling at him. BR. What the fuck? <laughs> his boss is BR. He's a real tough guy. And he's like, look, we were talking about a $5 million campaign, so not a $50 million $5 campaign. $5 million is nothing. I like how uh, his name is BR. He got it when he was in Nam. All the guys who know why he's called BR are dead. Yeah. <laughs> and they show the picture and they just X out all the dead guys. <laughs> Everybody but him. And Nick's like, look, this is going to get us good press. And BR's like, I got to call the captain. Which I always want to be. You know what? I want to nickname the captain. No. <laughs> So better call me the captain. No. No, think about it. No. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a boat. No. I think you'd have to get a boat. I'll you call you to the name of the captain. Now. I'll call you to though. Now. Okay, to Now. I spit no. in your direction. Three. Oh, to you got that in my eye. <laughs> oh, man. So next we cut to Nick speaking at his son Joey's class about his job. Joey is like, please don't ruin my childhood as he walks through. (laughs) But Nick basically explains that he gets paid to talk and that kids and all people should learn to think for themselves, question authority, and do their own research regarding choices that they make. My mommy said smoking kills. Is your mommy a doctor? No. Is she a resource scientist of some sort? No. Well, maybe she figured it out for yourself. I feel like your mommy's qualified to answer that question. <laughs> like how the teacher's That's freaking freaky. the fuck out. <laughs> the kids are like, so smoking is good for you? And the teacher's like, no! <laughs> like, wait a minute. What if someone's telling you that chocolate was bad for you? Would you take their word for it? No. Exactly. <laughs> he had good points. So then maybe when you're old enough, you should try cigarettes for yourself. And he smiles and the teacher's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I want this guy's job. So next we cut to Nick meeting with his friends. The chief spokespersons for the firearms and alcohol industries. They are the Mod Squad. Merchants of death. Yep. Polly is so good she got the Pope to endorse red wine. She she has the tolerance that's usually reserved for Irish dock workers. (laughs) (laughs) And Bobby J works for the Society for the Advancement of Firearms and Effective Training for Youth. Safety. Safety. He joined, wanted to join the National Guard so he could shoot college students. But, yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, co- the National Guard dude was out to lunch, so he ended up in the Army. <laughs> and he got shot. <laughs> and he went, what, where did, he went to Nam, right? No, no Panama. 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 Yeah. But the and, the, and they were almost as, And they were almost <laughs> as good as college students, but the Panamanians shoot back. Yeah. And uh, they talk about how Polly can try to spin a segment that's being done on fetal alcohol syndrome. They all agree she's fucked because, I mean... Dead babies. Yeah. Deformed, Deformed babies. babies it's, it's tough. tough sell. <laughs> and Nick's like, at least my thing only makes them bald before it kills them. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Forget who the... Was it Joe London, too? No. It was on Dateline or yeah. something. So it was going to be Diane Sawyer. Oh, Diane Sawyer. Diane Sawyer's going to hug and her. So what you got to do is you see, go in for the hug, box her out, and go in for the hug. Because <laughs> they're like, maybe you can hug the kids. She's like, they're not going to let me hug the kids. <laughs> and then they asked who it was going to be. And they're like, oh, Sawyer's definitely going to hug the kids. <laughs> oh, so sometime later, Joey's over at Nick's. And he's working on an essay where he has to talk about why the American government is the best in the world. <laughs> Our endless appeal system. Wait, what? What is this article? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, why are you writing that down? Don't write that down. What is this? And he's like, uh, 
what is this paper about? <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. Why your teacher wants you to write two pages on why the American government is the best in the world? Like that's not even something you can prove. And if you could, you had you would definitely need more than two pages. He's like, oh, he starts smiling. He's like, oh, this is gonna be fun. Yeah, just say anything. He's like, you ever heard of BS? <laughs> <laughs> that's what this is made for. Or that's this is what BS is made for. You can we, write whatever you want. We all had to write tons of those papers younger when we were younger, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Says, see, Joey, that's the beauty of argument. Because if you argue correctly, you're never wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at John as we watch this together. <laughs> she so, starts laughing and writes something down. I'm like, I started what? laughing. <laughs> and I, I'm writing down the quote. And he's like, why are you laughing? I'm like, because this is your philosophy on life. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. so, those articles. We had a guy in high school who was like, the U.S. government's the best in the world. And then he put a question mark at the end and wrote about how shitty it was. Genius. I bet that guy's a, a writer now. Maybe. I don't even remember what his name was, but remember that article. Dude. I was like, oh, why didn't I think of that? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get the, uh, I remember me and my friend got a, a test that was pretty cool. And we're the only ones that passed it. It was a list of all this crap on the page. And it's mm-hmm. like. Write your name. It says first. The first thing is read every question before you answer. The second uh, one is I heard about this. It never happened. And, da, 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 and it goes all in, and you're like, okay. So everyone's like filling it out. But at the last question is what's the last question is don't write on this or something like that. It's some kind of trick. Mm-hmm. So everybody like wrote all this shit on it, and then you get to the end, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. It was the instructions because we have the same thing. Where it's like it's like write your name and then read. Make sure you read the instructions, and it had the instructions, and somewhere in there it said. Do not write on this. Yeah. And then question one. And da, 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 yep. Everybody goes through it and you know then you write your username and yep. you just That's smile. Pretty good. <laughs> All right. So Joey falls asleep on the couch the as he and his roar. dad watch a John Wayne movie. You got rid of the Godzilla roar? I got rid of the Godzilla roar. Oh. Do you want to roar? Every once in a while. <laughs> You've got the Iowa Tiger. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well this you know, I keep looking, I'm like, oh, is there something like Sleepy Hollow? There was nothing to... Nah. There's no button for that. No. It's Christopher Walken we need more, grunting. Yeah, we, <laughs> we need, need more uh, movies with, with button power, okay? So think about it as you're going through. Okay. But who's next? Do I, I think my mm-hmm. next movie will have at least one you can do. Okay, good. I'm not telling you what it is yet. Well, what, uh, let's wait a month. I'll tell you when got, we're done I, recording, but I don't need the audience to know yet. We uh, should I, talk about this later. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Nick Naylor. Yes. Yeah, he yeah, sure he did, did Naylor. So, <laughs> So the next day, he's a little late getting back to mom's house with Joey, and he talks about how we'd like to spend a little more time with Joey. And she's like, look, you had time for that, and now you're his weekend guardian. And uh, and besides, he has Brad. <laughs> and Fuck Brad that. seems to be a doctor. He comes out, and he's like, can I Why is he wearing his white coat at the house? Yeah. I mean, he should also have a necklace on that says douchebag. So that, <laughs> to show us that he's a doctor without having to get, having to actual say it. <laughs> Maybe he was painting in his basement. Nope, douchebag. <laughs> Maybe he was painting in his basement. Douchebag. Anyway, he's like, "Hey, your job and everything aside, I just want to make sure you're providing a smoke-free environment for Joey when he's with you because secondhand smoke is bad." And Nick's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> no, Nick's line is, and I quote, "Brad, I'm his father." You're the guy fucking his mom. <laughs> and he walked away. And Brad's like, that was a little harsh. Yeah, we said, that was unnecessary. And everybody said, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I think if Brad's on. living yeah. there, 
then Nick shouldn't be paying so much of that mortgage. I know. If yeah. a doctor is in the house. <laughs> a doctor in the house? They're probably going on trips like Al Capoco and shit because they're not well, paying the fucking mortgage. It's weird that he's paying that mortgage because you would think that he wouldn't be paying alimony if she's remarried. Well, so I don't she know has she's no, married. They're not she's married. not married because why not? Just Honestly, why, why not I, when I was growing up, I knew a few why not milk uh, it? <laughs> kids whose mom had a long time live-in boyfriend, so she could still receive alimony. <laughs> that's just I, I, that's I, because people are terrible. That's just terrible. <laughs> you know, if you were, you know, if we, if I was to get divorced and somebody else moved in my house, and she's like, I'm just gonna keep getting alimony. I'm like, well, you can go fuck yourself. I'm not. <laughs> I will go to jail. <laughs> Tennille, why would we get divorced? <laughs> Did you keep calling me Tennille? <laughs> You said you wanted a nickname. I said Captain. You don't get to choose your nickname. That's not how nicknames work, Tennille. All right, well, that's why we got divorced. Kept calling me Tennille. Ah, all right. So at work, be I'll go to jail, motherfucker. I don't, I'll, I'll do 30, 45 days. No problem. Gator don't like that nickname. Gator don't play that shit. Gator never been about no shit. Oh, it's okay, Tennille. <laughs> Tennille's bitches better be using Jimmy's. <laughs> it doesn't sound nearly as scary as Gator's bitches. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Have you ever met anybody named Tennille? You would have to be pretty tough to be a dude named Tennille. <laughs> and a pimp. <laughs> and never cry. Well, pimps uh, don't cry. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you're not getting this, folks, go back and listen to our, the other guy's episode. Oh, so at work, BR has Nick and his co-workers watch a press conference where a senator, the senator from Vermont. Finster is uh, working with the Pulmonary Institute in a war against smoking. They have come up with a creepy poison label to put on packs of cigarettes. Apparently, there's going to be a congressional hearing to discuss the... Oh, I skipped a line. I skipped a line! To discuss, and he extends an open invitation to Big Tobacco to come participate and answer some questions. I always love that portion where it's like the big thing because it reminds me of a Dennis Leary skit. He goes, you know, the thing is, maybe we just haven't noticed. It's like, yeah, Bill, I got some cigarettes. Holy shit, these things are bad for you. It's like, we don't fucking know. You can have a pack, call them tumors, and we'll break into your house and steal the fucking cigarettes. True dad. But that label looks like a zombie head. That is not a regular poison yeah. label. This one is creepy. It's like zombie baby head and the It's over the top, bones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a certain point when they didn't realize how bad smoking could be. But at this point, everybody, everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows, yeah. Whether you're talking about 94 or 2005. <laughs> or 2019, everybody fucking gets it. But people are vaping now, so that's good. Mm. Which, Which is also going to be real bad. I saw a thing. It was vaping, but it's not nicotine. You're vaping vitamins. Like, that's how you get your vitamins now. People are vaping, like, central wow. vitamins. There's, there's I'm like, nicotine. That's a fucking thing. <laughs> I've seen the truth. People have switched from cigarettes to vaping now. Yeah. That's what they do, so. Well, there's... I find them to be assholes. Vape, yeah. There's... Tons of vaping things that don't have nicotine in them, where they're just the flavored water things. But like Hawaiian punch. Yeah. I want to try that because it sounds interesting, but I'm afraid that thing will blow up in my face. Well, you could try it. Gwen has some. Gwen vapes. I'm afraid my face will blow up because that'd be the one time those things spontaneously combust all the time. And I got mad at her because she was vaping and she's like, "There's no nicotine in this," and I'm like, "That's fucking lame. Why would you even do that?" <laughs> what do you do if it you're for? for the flavor? For the flavor to I mean, look cool. I mean, it's your, it's that, trendy right now. It's in. It's I say that, thing. but down at the oceanfront, they were doing oxygen bars. Remember that? They mm-hmm. had like flavored oxygen you could breathe. Yeah. They're like, what? Because it, because they, because kids think it's cool to vape. Yeah, it is. It, it's yeah. very trendy. The last job I had, like not the one I'm at now. That's why I started. But 
everybody over the or under the age of twenty four vaped. Yeah, every single new it's hire. None of the them new smoked, cigarettes, but they all vaped. Everyone because it's cool. And, and available and addictive. I mean, the job's done fucking for you. And I don't care. <laughs> oh no, that's cigarettes. I don't care what you're in, you're inhaling things in. You're inhaling things into your lungs that are not oxygen. So um, it's probably really bad for you. I don't know what liquid fruity pebbles does to your lungs, <laughs> but I bet it ain't good. Coming from the lady who was on like a two pack a day habit of Marlboro. I knew, I don't care. I know smoking was bad for me. I wasn't pretending it wasn't. <laughs> it didn't stop me. But like liquid fruity pebbles, <laughs> good stuff. What I, you know? Well, that's what they are. They're flavored. No, I know. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And and the worst part is, I bet you there is a liquid fruity pebbles because flavor. It's not the tobacco that's bad for you. It's the shit they. It's the other shit they put in cigarettes. The it's the fillers. Exactly good for it's it. the, no, but it's the fillers in there that are really yeah. bad. That's why nobody gets cancer from marijuana because there aren't fillers in marijuana. It's just fucking marijuana. If you were just Marijuana smoking, does the opposite. It helps with the cancer. And nobody ever talks about heavy cigar smokers or heavy pipe smokers um, as getting cancer because they it's do, mostly but not as tobacco. Much. Yeah, it's like not as much cancer. other crap. It's the other crap. And guess what? Like vaping Ruth is. Throat cancer. He smoke cigarettes. Vaping is all other crap. <laughs> it's different other crap, but it's all other crap. All right. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by the Anti Vaping Society. <laughs> <laughs> I've never tried. I've never smoked a cigarette or vaped. Well, wow. one vape. So if you want to try, <laughs> no, I'm not interested. I, I mean, it's enough a, just breathing. It's a little late <laughs> in your life to uh, take up uh, smoking, but clothes are not bad. I was. I'm sure if I went and got a pack of cigarettes, Lane would smoke right now. Probably. I was a child of secondhand smoke. I I was around it. They're for like eight bucks a pack now. I don't Fuck know. I don't. But. I don't really Shit. drink, so I don't think I'd want to smoke. I only ever wanted Cigarettes to smoke. Cigarettes are so expensive. Only in America would you have a cash crop that, you know, is doing well. You're like, no, we should do. So it costs like a dollar to make a pack. Well, let's make it 10 bucks. <laughs> uh, wait, what? They tax them so heavily. It's like, um. Yeah. Society tax. Mm-hmm. They should tax alcohol. They should tax alcohol the way they tax cigarettes. And I bet you'd have a lot less drunk drivers. No, there's a much more lobbyists for alcohol than there is for cigarettes. You probably better at her job than Nick Naylor. Yep. They they really missed the boat. It's too late now. It's already public enemy number one. So BR is pissed. They're losing the war. He's like, look, our numbers are down, and we need teen smokers. (laughs) Our numbers are down in teen smokers. That's our bread and butter. He's like, look, we have an addictive product that people think is cool and is readily available. Our job is done for us. What is going on? And everybody kind of looks around, and uh, Nick pops up. He's got an idea. He's like, look, back in the day, we were selling a huge amount of cigarettes because all the movie stars were smoking in the movies. See, what happened? It was, went from $10 billion to $120 billion. What happened? The World War. Diets. <laughs> Diets and movies. <laughs> and movies. All the famous movie stars had a cigarette in their hand while they were... Acting, yeah. Acting. Go watch, back and watch anything from like the 40s until yep. 1982. Everybody's Shit. smoking nonstop. Watch Ghostbusters. Every time I watch Ghostbusters, I'm like, God damn it, everybody has a fucking cigarette hanging out of their mouth yeah. this whole movie. It's so mm-hmm. weird. It's true. And then mm-hmm. Ghostbusters 2, not a cigarette no. in the room. None. Not one. Yeah. What happened between Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2? <laughs> fucking Senator Finster, you piece of shit. Or fucking uh, Lethal Weapon. Riggs always had a fucking cigarette in his mouth and in the, the first one. Then he was quitting. Yeah, and then he was the quitting second in the second one. And then he was eating chewing one. gum yeah. and eating dog biscuits. Third one was eating gum dog biscuits. <laughs> 
All right, so nowadays the only smokers in movies are psychopaths or Europeans, and they need to change it. They need to get cigarettes in the hands of popular characters. There's still plenty of smoking in movies, though, but it is always bad guys. It's the raps. Russian yep. raps are villains. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even it's though- like, look, Will and Grace should be smoking in their living room, and Forrest Gump should be puffing in between eating chocolates, <laughs> <laughs> and Hugh Grant should be trying to get... Julia Roberts... With some cigarettes. He bought her no, favorite, her favorite pack, pack of Virginia, Virginia Slims. Slims. It's like, I wonder if Julie Roberts actually smokes Virginia Slims, and that's why they put it in there. You know who did smoke Virginia Slims? My grandma. Ooh. My mom. My grandma smoked Your Virginia still Slims. Does I used to smoke Virginia uh, Slims. No, I think she's smoked no, Virginia Slims, but she did smoke Virginia Slims. My grandma used to always have... <laughs> so, my grandfather... They smoked in the house. <laughs> and my gra- and my grandfather smoked like Marlboros or like Camel, some some really heavy something. And my grandma smoked Virginia Slims. And Lucky there was always a pot of coffee mm. on and a lit cigarette in that house when I was growing up. <laughs> my grandpa had his easy chair and next to it he had one of those little butler statues that was an ashtray. Ooh. And- <laughs> that's that's gangster. Yeah. That's next level smoker right there. Yeah. All right. It was really cool. All right, so he's like, look, we need to team up with Hollywood and make smoking cool again. And BR's like, well, I mean, it's one idea, but I was hoping for better stuff. That's an idea. The rest of you, bang your fucking brains against <laughs> your desk until something happens. <laughs> At least Nick is thinking. And Nick has been summoned to see the captain. He has to get on the next flight to Winston-Salem. Because the captain has seen the Jones show. Yeah. And they need to have a chat. So on the plane, he explains to us that while pe- people probably think he would fly first class or in a private plane, he likes to fly with the... He's a man of the people. He wants the middle seat <laughs> in the middle row. Because if he can convince one person to start smoking, it'll pay for his trip. Yeah. Round trip. Mm-hmm. He was talking to like a student athlete or something. There's some sort of kids' ba- like college basketball team or something on there. Yeah. yeah. So he likes to talk to the people. How do you get someone to start smoking on a plane? Hmm. Challenge accepted. No, don't. <laughs> you don't get them to smoke on the actual plane. No, it's just... illegal to smoke on the plane. They'll actually they'll lock you up for and that. How do you convince them to start when they get off the plane? Don't do not do that. Why? <laughs> Serious America. Okay. You would think he would have cigarettes with him at all times. Well, he is a smoker. Right, but I, you don't see him, like, I would be, you know, nobody, out. Nobody smokes in this movie. No. Nope. There's be, um, the captain... Or has cigars a cigar but they're never lit and Nick has a, a cigarette pack mm. but he never takes a cigarette every out. time he grabs his pack he's always out of cigarettes yep mm. I used to always whenever we everyone I knew freaking smoked my whole life almost until 10 years ago mm-hmm. and whenever they leave their packs I'd take their packs and take the plastic off and put it on backwards to watch see how long it took them to figure it out because they'd be like banging and banging what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with it? oh shit who did this mm-hmm. <laughs> It's funny as shit. Oh, man. I don't think that's funny. It's <laughs> hilarious. I don't think that's funny at all. I don't know. When did people stop smoking? It had to be somewhere around when we were in Italy. When we went, went to Italy, everybody smoked. We came back, nobody was smoking. Yeah, it was real weird. <laughs> they smoked in the mall in Italy. Yeah. We were in Europe in their, their early 2000s. You could smoke anywhere. Mm. We were leaving. You could still smoke almost They put anywhere. cigarettes out in buckets of gasoline at the gas stations, and they smoked in the mall while they shopped. Yeah. And the mall like seeing was a guy like smoke a cigarette and just putting fuel in the car. The mall like, nothing about it. Had a grocery store in it. People were looking at cheese and smoking. Wow. <laughs> and then we came back, 
and, and no one smoked anymore. Nobody like, smoked, happened? and everybody gained sixty pounds. It was weird because <laughs> everybody, if you, when we were in Italy, if you were under the age of like sixty, then you were like a size four, men and women. And then you kind of got a little heavier when you were older. When you became grandma, you started to look like the grandma. Then we came back here and everybody gained 60 pounds and nobody smoked. That's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) What's the obesity problem in this country? No one smokes. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when I went to Brazil, it was in like 2003 or Mm -hmm. 2004. And... uh, as soon as we got off the airplane, like we're in, we're walking through to get to customs, and half the people on the plane lit cigarettes. And I was just like, it was my first international trip, and I was like, holy macaroni! It's like, oh my god, look at them smoking! I just was like, shocked. welcome to Brazil. <laughs> but they start doing was, the dances and the smoking, and <laughs> when I was twenty one, I went to Atlantic City, and I went to uh, Vegas, and they still had the ashtrays in the. Like public bathroom stalls and stuff. Well, in 2011, we went to Vegas, and you can still smoke in the casinos. Yeah. Can you smoke in the casinos? Dude, there now? was a girl I... sitting like right where Carly is smoking, and you couldn't even tell. I think casinos I'm are like, one wow, of. Wow, I don't know what it costs for that kind of fucking technology, but I that's amazing. You probably still can smoke in casinos. <laughs> I bet there's some casinos you can still smoke. Probably, yeah, it's probably. They don't want you to stop gambling. You can still smoke in the jail. Yeah. <laughs> you can vape in the jail. Really? Yeah. Can't you turn your vape into a shank? I don't know. I've never been in jail. <laughs> and he's never vaped. We talked about that. I've never done either one of those. Things. I've also never shanked it. So I'm thrice things for that. Over three. <laughs> you don't keep one in your... In your... In my... In case I get arrested in the prison in, wallet? In your exploding... In your prison wallet? <laughs> yeah. You, you, you don't keep one in your prison wallet just in case? No. Yikes. That's still... Every time he talks about his prison wallet, I get really grossed out. In the old prison wallet. <laughs> it's the grossest thing about that movie. I need it's more a- hepatitis. All right, so the captain is the last great man of big tobacco. Ah, we're back to him. He's the founder of the Academy of Tobacco Studies and the one who introduced filters when the industry started getting assaulted. That's 52, British Digest. (laughs) The captain is a legend, a self-made man who has everything except apparently a son. Um, Nick, my boy. He really likes Nick. Just in time for mud. And he reminds him of himself when he was that age. He shows him how to take his mint julep. And, to oh, the next level. No, I love the whole thing. Is like, what you got to do is you take the mint and you bend it, crush it against the ice. You know who taught me that? No, sir, I don't. Fidel Castro. He's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he congratulates um, Nick's performance on the talk show and thanks him for his work and his loyalty. And then he tells him about this idea BR has about bribing producers in Hollywood to get actors smoking again. And he makes sure makes sure that he's okay about the fifty million dollar thing that he announced that wasn't <laughs> and he's, happening. And he just says, "I hope it's not too good a program." <laughs> <laughs> so Ron, the aide for Health and Human Services, um, that was on the show, gets called to the senator's office. The senator is pissed about what happened on the show. He's like, "Look, when you're out there speaking for me, you might as well be nameless and faceless. You're me, and you look like shit. It makes me look like shit." <laughs> And uh, Ron's like, look, it was Nick Naylor. And he's like, shut up. I'm not hearing this. (laughs) You need to do well. Where did that cancer boy come from? When you're looking for a cancer boy, you need a hopeless, (laughs) hopeless cancer boy. (laughs) He should be in a wheelchair, have trouble talking, and be hopeless. See, goldfish in a that bag. cancer boy looked too healthy. <laughs> goldfish in a Ziploc bag. That cancer bag. boy did look healthy. He did though. look healthy. <laughs> and I'm telling you, and I think that's what senators do. <laughs> I, I don't think that was a, a stretch. 
there was no creative liberties there. I don't know. I love when William H. Macy is being a mild-mannered character, <laughs> especially because he like you can see he's getting so angry, but it's like mild-mannered angry, and I just it's like adorable, like a cat, like, like a, a cat. kitten. He's like great. a like a fat cat or a little kitten. It's just adorable. <laughs> All right then. He's always great. And he's like, "Don't try to blame this on Nick. That did that dick shells bullshit for a living, and you work for a senator. You should have some pride in that. We are tough on tobacco." And then the captain talks to Nick about how they got to do something. We're not running the government. Let's, <laughs> let's attack a cash crop that the U.S. makes. Yeah. He's like, look, last week my granddaughter, my own granddaughter, asked me if smoking was bad for you. <laughs> so the he tells my loins and my loins. <laughs> it's such a weird way to say it. <laughs> he asked Nick to work on the Hollywood project to report directly to him, and this is when he okays the fifty million dollar deal. He's just just hope it's not too persuasive. So Nick is taken to the private plane, Tobacco One. <laughs> if we ever get a, pri- a private plane we're gonna call it tobacco one. can we call it tobacco one <laughs> yeah. okay absolutely and he is taken to dc so he can report to br and get things together for his trip to hollywood hollywood do you think he had sex with the stewardess no on tobacco mm-hmm. one Define no sex. i think if he gets to go back on the plane a few more times he will but she definitely has the bosoms out mm-hmm. like you catch a little turbulence i think she oh, might be open she was, to uh, it ichabod crane's mom for a second yeah mm-hmm. look like ichabod's crane's mom <laughs> so Nick talks but less witches yeah <laughs> I hate to bring up witches I'm sorry ladies so Nick talks to BR about the go ahead for the 50 million and about how the captain loved BR's idea for the Hollywood project and BR's like but that was your idea like, oh he must have misunderstood <laughs> <laughs> Nick just kind of looks at him for a second like, and goes uh huh okay it doesn't matter anyway <laughs> Nick is heading to Hollywood to have a meeting with Super Agent Jeff Meagle. Or Meagle. Meagle, I think is how they say it. This guy is the entertainment business. Nick wants to take Joey with him. It's not a vacation. It's a learning experience. Joey's mom is uh, not going to be smooth-talked into this. She has been around the block with Nick enough. Kind of like when you took him to a cigarette factory. (laughs) Not a cigarette factory. It was a tobacco farm. That's a different thing. She's like, you're not taking my kid to some lung cancer symposium. Lung cancer symposium. <laughs> so people can tell him his dad's the devil. Wow. And he's like, look, it, it's a good learning. And she's like, this conversation is over. So the next meeting of the mod squad, Bobby J tells him about how someone contacted him because of a shooting and asked him. A dis- a dis- All he says is, we had another disgruntled postal worker or something. Yeah. <laughs> And they asked him if they could blame... And he's like, look, do you blame Boeing when the airplane crashes due to pilot error? Do you gra- blame General Motors when a drunk driver causes a crash? Tell me you did not say that. <laughs> and Polly's like, no, you don't say stuff about alcohol. <laughs> and Nick's like, hey, any of you guys got experience with uh, a reporter named Holly or Heather Holloway? And Bobby Jay's like, oh, I know who she is. Great tits. Real pretty and has nice tits. And Polly's like, tits, why are tits relevant? And they have tit talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's pretty certain that tits are relevant. (laughs) And she's like, are you a tit man, Nick? And Bobby's like, don't answer that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a trap. (laughs) He says, depends on whose tits. (laughs) And anyway, Nick is confident he can handle a good looking reporter. We cut to when they meet at a nice restaurant and he wines and dines her. 
She wants to know about him, not about how he lives with himself, but how he sees himself. He says he's a mediator between two sects of society. And she says her other interviewees have labeled him more like a mass murderer than, <laughs> than a mediator. And he's like, it, looks, it sounds to me like your article lacks some balance. And she says, well, who shall I talk to? It's like, well, there's 55 million American smokers. You could talk to somebody. Tobacco farmers. Tobacco farmers. She's like, I'd plan to talk to a tobacco farmer. And, Salt uh, of the earth. <laughs> they're good people. <laughs> so she asks him why he does it, what motivates him. And he turns off the recorder and asks if she really wants to know. She says, yeah. You remember what he said, Tony? More paying the mortgage, right? No, no not mm-hmm. first. No, what does he say? First, he says a totally Tony answer. Population control. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot about That's that. That's why I asked you. Yeah. Bad. And then he turns it back on and says, everybody's got a mortgage. Yeah. The yuppie Nuremberg defense. That's what he calls it. Yeah. He tells her that his son, his ex-wife, and her boyfriend live in the house he pays for. That's the mortgage. And he rents an apartment for himself. She wants to see his apartment. She wants to see where the devil sleeps. Which is a sex invite. He takes her home. (laughs) And they have some hibbity-dibbity time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like All goes, over the place. I, like I, like, I know what you're thinking. This is a bad idea. I mean, it's not too bad. <laughs> no, it's a bad idea. Yeah. You do yeah. not enter the premises with a reporter. I wouldn't. I also wouldn't do an interview. Well, I guess if I had his job, I'd have to do interviews. Yeah. yeah. But I would be grateful that you were not going around having sex with reporters, considering <laughs> how we're married and all this. <laughs> well, we'd be like, oh, I'd like to see where you sleep. Like, all right. My wife's there, but she'll... Every time, every time you're trying to sleep with Starlet, she always throws that in your face. I know. <laughs> Next time I see Katie Holmes, I'm like, I'm sorry. Fuck Look, off. Stop. Oh. So we go back to Joey, who wants to know why he can't go to California with his dad. He asks his mom. And uh, he's like, are you taking out your frustration with your failed marriage on me? Because if you are, I can accept that. <laughs> This would not work on me. And he ends nope. up going to California. <laughs> there you go. He says, like, he goes, you should be he, like, yup. <laughs> he goes out of the car and his dad's like, how'd you convince her? And he's like, it wasn't a negotiation. It was an argument. <laughs> and he looks so proud. Yeah. He's like, that's my boy. <laughs> they fly to Hollywood and love their hotel suite. And everybody's happy and everything's good. And Nick takes Joey to his meeting with the agent. Jeff's assistant. I don't remember his name in the movie. It's Adam Brody. <laughs> mm-hmm. He uh, he talks really fast. <laughs> yeah. You're going to see again in a little ditty called Mr. and Mrs. Smith. He's very excited. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite characters in this movie. I just enjoy this scene a lot. <laughs> I like how he's walking and he sees his friend. He's like, I'm going to impale your mom and then feed her to my dog with syphilis. I was like, wait, he's like, what? It's an inside joke. <laughs> He's uh, like, way to go, Hiroshi. Yeah, keep 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 raking the sand. Yeah, he's like, you got you got jet lag. You should take some vitamin B. You know, what? I'm gonna set you up with an injection. And then he shows them all around this fish and that fish. That fish there, twelve thousand dollars gift from Oprah. My favorite thing he says is they renovated the building. They had a hard time with the mirrored glass outside because it kept causing head-on collisions. <laughs> That happened. And he goes, "Is everybody okay? They got three movie deals with Paramount. I think they'll live." Uh, so he's he's all over the place. He my other favorite thing is on the elevator. He's like, you hear that? No. No. Exactly. <laughs> In my mind, he ad libbed all of his lines. 
His delivery certainly was great. It's fantastic. Yeah. So when they get well, to Jeff's office... Why is he a bigger actor? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He usually steals scenes whenever he's in them. Yeah. yeah. They get to Jeff's office and he's like, uh, so it's really obvious that Jeff loves Asian shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he says he's going to take him back and he asks Joe if he can get him anything. He gives him a high five. <laughs> Can I get your soda or a Red Bull? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff confirms um, and tells his assistant that Nick is there to see if they can get cigarettes into the hands of someone other than usual Ravs. Ravs? Russians, Arabs, and villains. He's like, oh, yeah, that's that's why I'm here. Apparently, Jeff invented product placement, so this is right up his alley. They all stop it. Next, you're going to be telling what position I played on the Bruins. Corporate. <laughs> <laughs> Nick asks if he's concerned about the whole health element. But Jeff is like, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm a facilitator. I bring creative people together. And it uh, people will make their own decisions and should. It's not my job to decide for them. That would be morally presumptuous. And Nick is like, damn, I could learn from this <laughs> yeah, guy. This guy's awesome. Like the U.S. government. Morally presumptuous. So, Ooh. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> So Jeff explains that they can't have their smoking heroes in contemporary society because the health issue would be too prevalent. So if your hero lights up, his friends going to be like, you smoke? <laughs> they got to be in the future where the whole smoking thing blew over. Yeah. The whole health <laughs> issue. It's, it's long gone. Now smokers Smoking's and non-smokers smokers. just live together and it's fine. In harmony. <laughs> Elaine, you got something for us? Well, I was looking at Adam Brody's IMDb, and he mostly does TV shows. He's had, I mean, he was on The O.C., for 93 episodes. Well, I watched that show. And he's been on a lot, but he he has a bunch of, he does a lot of TV shows. So he's been on seven or eight different long-running series, including nine episodes of The Gilmore Girls in 2003. Oh, something yep. else I don't watch. But yeah, he's been in a, he does apparently focuses more on TV, and that's why we don't see him in more movies, which is a shame. Because he does cool, shit like the OC great. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> well, he does, he does a lot of television, and then somebody likes the show, so they go, hey, man. Come and be in this movie He's for like a bit. Lane's part. He's like Lane's first sure. boyfriend, not Gilmore Girls. <laughs> All right then. I didn't have a boyfriend on Gilmore Girls. No, Lane's. <laughs> <laughs> not E Lane's. <laughs> He's like Lane's. I know. I was kidding. Uh, so he's like, why don't we do this in a futuristic sci-fi movie Sony's got coming out? And he's like, they're on a space station. Wouldn't the cigarettes explode? He's like, that's, that's just that's just, just a quick line of dialogue. <laughs> throw, we invented the blah, blah, blah. Throwaway line. Thank God we invented the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so uh, they talk it out. And Jeff even suggests designing a cigarette to release with the movie. Sector 6s. This could work. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I'd buy those. <laughs> well, I remember what clerks they had nails, and then they I think they brought out a little bit of like nails, cigarettes. I, don't I didn't buy those. <laughs> remember, I had Fight Club soap for a while. <laughs> Aww. I, don't, I think it melted. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I'm sure it was a pure glycerin soap. Yeah. You gotta be careful with those. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it was. I mean, I didn't use it. It was just a prop. You know? Why? Why didn't you use it? And I had soap. Fight Club band aids too. Friend of mine got it from He just liked Fight Club, so people bought him shit. Yeah. <laughs> but if somebody buys you soap, you're supposed to use it. No, it's a prop. <laughs> it's a movie prop. No. I'm pretty sure Fight Club soap and I use them. There you go. <laughs> Even the movie props. But he didn't want to use it. He wanted to save it as a prop. <laughs> Memorabilia. <laughs> exactly. But he doesn't have any more. No, it melted, I think. God. Or his dog ate it. No. I didn't have a dog then. Okay. Anyway, so that... <laughs> So they go, like, to the pier, 
And Joey asks him about his job as they walk around, and he wants to know if Nick went to college for it, and can anyone do it? He's like, well, I didn't go to college for it, but not everybody's cut out for this kind of You gotta be morally flexible. (laughs) Yeah. And Joey's like, could I do it? And he's like, well... (laughs) (laughs) And gives him the whole, would you defend a murderer if you were a lawyer thing, you know, speech. Yeah. Like, they deserve a right to... uh, fair trial too. I feel like with children, it's too early to tell if they're morally flexible because yeah. all children are a little bit morally flexible. <laughs> yeah, like they really just have no sense of right or wrong, or mm-hmm. like they'll kill each other over a cookie. <laughs> it's real Lord of the Flies, so you don't really know how morally flexible you are till you get out of a uh, high school. She said it's real Lord of the Flies. <laughs> have you ever seen? Two kids just sitting there, and then one of them just bites one of them for no reason. <laughs> okay. I have. So, <laughs> yeah. So then Joey asks, what if he's wrong? And he's like, but I'm not wrong. But what if you're wrong? I'm never wrong. <laughs> I'm always right. <clears throat> what if I have to defend vanilla? And you have to defend chocolate. So you would tell me that chocolate is the best. Chocolate's all you need. And I would tell you, well, I need choices. <laughs> like, well, have you ever had butter pecan? And he's like, but you didn't prove vanilla's better. Oh, no, no. But I proved that you were wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. I'm and he's right. Like, and he's like, you didn't convince me, but I'm not after you. I'm mm. after all of them. Yeah, I'm never going to convince you. <laughs> I just have to discredit you yeah. to look good to all of them. Which, again, looking at John here. <laughs> this is how he lives his life. When he fights with people on the internet, he's not trying to convince them he's right. He's trying to convince them that they're wrong. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I use I statistical data to back up my analysis. fight with people on the internet. <laughs> I'll fuck with people on the internet just because. Oh, like, people get mad. I'm like, oh, he's mad. This is fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got him mad. <laughs> Oh, yeah. man. Fuck you. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> Your hate makes me strong. Hate, yeah. So he takes the sleeping Joey back to the hotel, and then Jeff calls and gives Nick an update. Yes, he is still at the office. He will sleep on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, Sunday. when do you sleep? <laughs> For Pitt to smoke in the movie, it will be $10 million. For both he and Catherine Zeta-Jones to smoke. 25 25 He's like, damn. You can get a discount, I get a two for one. No, but they're not stupid. They know what you're doing. <laughs> and they want to get a paid. He's like, well, for $25 million, we better get some good-ass smoke He says, rings. I, want, <laughs> I want smoke rings for yeah, $25 Brad million. Does he can do Brad, smoke can rings? Can he do smoke rings? I don't, have, like, that I don't have that information. <laughs> Rob Lowe is awesome, as always. You're gonna, what does he say? You're going to be co-producing this with the Sultan of... Of blue tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the names in this movie have um, special meanings. Like the senator's name means stuff in Latin or something. It means lands. I just I uh, I find the Sultan of Gluton to be a little close to gluten. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, he's you like, okay you mean the guy that they're referring to as the Hitler of the South Pacific? He enslaves and kills his own people. He's like, I can't speak to that. But <laughs> in my feelings with him, he's been great. He's like, I'll have to get with my people on that. Okay. I think that you'll like him. <laughs> and he's like, look, I'm just going to have to run it by my people. So, uh, Talk to the captain. Then we cut to Heather happily picking out a photo of Nick and looking at it smiling and then putting it in her pocket. She looks like some kind of creepy stalker girl. She Like, this, I think, is supposed to lead us to believe, like, she really likes him, so she wants a picture of him. Yeah. But she's a... We don't know yet. 
Anything. I did. Because <laughs> I've seen this before. <laughs> In the morning, Nick wakes She's a up. Hoe. And there's oh, a package no. waiting for him at the front desk. They, they bring it up, and it's a briefcase full of money. He's, he calls the captain, he's like, thanks. <laughs> I don't think this is a raise. <laughs> I'd have kept it, like, ah, oh, sorry, Captain, never got it. <laughs> he is given a task. The original Marlboro man has lung cancer. He's a dying man. He lives in California. And he started speaking out against cigarettes. You need to go give him this money. And Nick's like, dude, he's a cowboy. He is not taking a bribe. He says, it's not a bribe. It's a gift. We well, think that he'll be so overwhelmed with gratitude that he'll stop talking bad about the tobacco industry. I gotta say, I would take the money and then talk shit about the tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Fucking can too. Because the first thing they're gonna do is say, "Well, we gave him all this money and he took it." And I'm gonna tell them they gave me all this money to keep quiet, and I took it, yeah. and I'm not keeping quiet because I deserve this fucking money because they gave me cancer. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably make you sign NDA, right? No, well, the whole point is that he doesn't no. have to. He doesn't have to. All he had to do was drop off the briefcase, say, I'm sorry. So what we've learned is that Elaine has what you like to call a moral flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't take the money. I would take the money. I, and I, I, would, need, I need the money. You're dying of cancer. <laughs> I would take the money and I would shut up. But the whole point is you can take the money and not shut up. Why? I would take the money and I would shut up because it's the right thing to I, do. I think the, the impression you get when he's talking to him is that's not something that he would do. Like... Like, like he's a man of honor, and That's he right. would not take the money. Evidently, you're not a man of honor. Talk back. I'm talk not a man. <laughs> but the impression you get is that's not his character. I'm a woman of reason <laughs> and money, apparently. So no, because no one get. I don't have lung cancer. Well, so nobody in this gave scenario, me you take the money. <laughs> well, if you have lung cancer, I'd want you to take the money. That way, when you die, at least have the money. Oh, no. all right. So I'm Nick does. Name. Nick doesn't want to take Joey on this particular errand. He's like, yeah. I'm going to go do some work. And Joey's like, I want to come. He's like, nah. <laughs> Probably not the best one. But he does bring him. And it turns out to be a good thing. Yeah. So <laughs> when they get there, Nick seems uneasy. And he tells Joey to stay in the car. And he gets a briefcase. And when he gets out of the car, he is immediately held at gunpoint by the Marlboro Man with his rifle. Now, he only agreed to do this movie if he got the whole rifle. Because in the script, it was not originally a rifle. A shotgun. It was a shotgun. And then... He brought his own rifle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, here's your prop gun. He's like, no, I got mine. No, actually, no. they forgot to get a rifle. They had shotguns. So, and they're like, fuck, we don't have a rifle. And then they saw one. They're like, whew, there's a rifle. Do you need us to show you how to use it? No, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> he brought his own, and they forgot B- because he's... BT Dub Sam Elliott brings rifles to the set. <laughs> Let's not piss him off. <laughs> if, you already, if you weren't already aware, don't fuck with Sam Elliott. <laughs> Oh. Wade Garrett. Did you see, I was saying, did you see him whoop ass in, in fucking <laughs> Roadhouse? And he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Joey jumps out. He's like, Dad! <laughs> and it's like, get back in the car! But and then, they both kind of freeze. Well, the first thing he does is pull the gun up. Yeah, because yeah, he's not going to cool. shoot him in front of his kid. He's not going to shoot well, him. Well, he's not going to aim, aim, aim a gun yeah. Up in the child. air. He's not shooting this yeah. gun anywhere. He's not aiming a gun at a child. Kid. Exactly. Yeah. I just want to talk. All right, fine, we'll talk. You brought a fucking kid. <laughs> like he comes in and his, and his wife's there. What are you doing here? She's like, you've got a lot of nerve. He's like, how about you just get the kid some iced tea? <laughs> Introduce his boy to some iced tea. You want to be in the other room talking. Yeah. So when the Marlboro yeah. man tells you, I didn't even smoke Marlboros. I smoke cools. <laughs> it's like, 
Oh! <laughs> Bullshit! Nobody smoked cools. But in his, uh, I used to work with somebody that smoked cools. But in his uh, office, or in his family room, there's pictures of him as the Marlboro Man still up, like on the fireplace and stuff. Last wholesome flavor. Mm-hmm. I used to smoke Marlboros. <laughs> <laughs> so did Elaine. Yep. Reminds me of a movie we did once on the podcast. Oh, really? What movie is oh, that? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm surprised you hadn't brought it up. As we talk about the Marvel over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. What movie would that be? Uh, Harley uh, Davis and the Marvel. And the Marvel. Oh, oh, wow. Well. Anyway, so. <laughs> Friends, if you're not sure, go back and listen to Holidays in the Marlboro Man. Now, fuck that. Go back and listen to Tango and Cash. <laughs> <laughs> or both. You listen to them both. So, Lauren tells Nick that he got diagnosed. He went to the investors meeting or the whatever meeting. And he was like, hey, I think we should Stock stop holders meeting. with all these advertisements. Yeah, that's what it was. Stockholders meeting. I think we should stop with all with so many advertisements. And they were like, look, dude, we're sorry that you got diagnosed with cancer, but we don't know much about your medical history. We can't comment besides to say it's too bad you have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> and then later they proceeded to try to pretend like he never worked for them, <laughs> which I read actually happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, he's like, look, I'm right there. <laughs> it's like I'm on the damn billboards. Uh, so uh, he wants to know what Nick is doing working for these assholes. And Nick's like, look, I'm good at it. I'm better at this than I've ever been at doing anything else. And then Sam Elliott's like, you got to pay the mortgage. Yeah. In the kitchen, his wife wants to know if Nick always brings Joey with him like this and if he knows why they're here. And Joey's like, nah, I live with my mom. And he told me that your husband was the Marlboro Man. And she's like, not anymore. <laughs> I'd be the Marlboro man. Lauren I wouldn't asked, smoke, though, dear. <laughs> Lauren asked Nick sticks. Candy if sticks. he's there to talk him into shutting up. Is this hush money in that case of yours? And he's like, yep. <laughs> he's like, my dignity isn't for sale. And Nick tells him it's a gift. Taxes are paid. You keep the money no matter what. <clears throat> Excuse me. He tells him he was supposed to apologize, give him the money, and leave. But he wants to make sure Lauren takes the money. So he tells him why they are giving it to him. In hopes that he'll be so grateful that he'll stop talking. That's why they gave it to him. So Joey, we see that Joey has come and is listening at the door. And Nick's like, look, here's what you gotta do. You take the money. As soon as I leave, you call the network. You get a specific reporter. Can't remember which one it was. It was Sawyer. (laughs) And... Then when they get here, you pour the money out on the floor for the story. You pour out every piece of money, every whatever they're called. And he, and he does it, as he says. Yeah. And he's and like, why can't I just show him? He's like, no, trust me, this is more impactful. <laughs> and then you'll tell them what you're going to do with the money the tobacco industry gave you to shut up. You're going to start a foundation. You're going to have a 5K, a ranch, the Lord Lutch. 5K is important cancer foundation he's like but what about my family he's like look you can't keep the money and talk so and talk shit about us you can talk shit about us and use the money to fight us but if you keep the money <laughs> he's like can i keep half of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah can i denounce you for half but you can't denounce us and keep the blood money Lauren's like, I need to think about this. He's like, look, you are on a timeline here. I can't denounce this next week. longer you wait, the worse we can make you look. Because we know when we gave it to you. (laughs) 
and uh, he takes the money. When we get back in the car, we see there is no more briefcase. Mm-hmm. So Joey asks Nick how we knew Lauren would take the money, and Nick says, you got to be crazy not to. Lauren wasn't crazy. I knew he would take the money. Nick and Joey agreed that if they were him, they would also take the money. <laughs> Damn right. Unless you're Elaine, who's going to take the money and then I took it. the money. <laughs> but if I really want to denounce you, I'll just be up front. I took their money, and I'm still going to talk shit about it. <laughs> She's a morally flexible person. Yeah. They gave me that money, and I didn't sign it's a good to know that you're morally flexible. Is that better than she prefers lawful evil? Oh, lawful evil. <laughs> yeah, cat, neutral. Um, I'm metaphysically wrinkle-free. Metaphysically. <laughs> metaphysically oh. wrinkle-free? Yeah. So the he- the senator is headed to do a TV news slot up against Nick. And Ron, Ron tries to warn him. He's like, look, this guy is wild. You're, you're <laughs> He's like an animal, and you need to be on your guard. And the senator's like, look, I know what, I, I can handle myself. I've, I've tangoed with presidents. I've tangoed with Indian chiefs. I've tangoed with, I can't remember what the other one is, lawyers. He's tangoed with them? That's what he says. He's tangoed with them. Mm-hmm. He can handle Nick Naylor. Maybe tangled? I don't know. Maybe Apparently he says tangled. tangled. I thought he said tangled. Let's go with Maybe tango. And tangled. speaking of tango, go back and listen to tango. Oh, God. <laughs> and once you're done with that, Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man. So... The senator reminds everyone he has issued an open invitation to Nick to come to the congressional hearing. It's called a subpoena. Nick says, look, this is a mixed signal because you've also been calling for me to get fired. So I don't feel very welcome. And uh, the host, this is Dennis Leary. No, it's not Dennis. Dennis Miller. Dennis, Dennis Miller. Miller. <laughs> Dennis like, Leary is the asshole That is a mixed song. signal. And the senator's like, not as mixed as the stance being tobacco has taken on the dangers of smoking. And Nick's like, I think it's funny that uh, you call us hypocrites. When you argued that tobacco farms should be slashed and burned, and then later that same day rode a tractor on the stage at a different rally where you bemoaned the plight of the American farmer. And he catches him off guard. He's stunned. And, and like, he comments, he's like, what? what? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a caller that threatens Nick's life. Dennis yeah. Miller's got a great line here. All right, we're going to go to break here while I uh, fire a screen, uh, call, screener, call screener. That was good. The trip back home is not nearly as fun or upbeat in the tone <laughs> no. as the trip there was. Nick doesn't go home. He goes to Heather's for a bit of cheering up. And they do some. <laughs> and it is clear <laughs> that he has told her about the trip because she pokes a little fun at the idea for Sector 6s. So she knows about the movie. She though. wants to have coitus with him while watching him on TV. Is that mm-hmm. weird? No, she wants him. No. She wants to fuck him while she watches him. Yeah. <laughs> weird. I don't think it's and weird. And she also yeah. wants him to tell her more about his trip while she's watching him and fucking <laughs> him. See, this is she's when he should have known. <laughs> he should have fucking knew. It's too late now. <laughs> Stupid. So at the Mod Squad dinner, he tells them about how he had to talk to his boss or talk his bosses out of providing him with a bodyguard. He's a man of the people. He doesn't need a bodyguard. Yeah, I took a bodyguard. <laughs> Polly's like, "Look, we're all going to need bodyguards soon. Did you see that piece? It looks like we're trying to push <laughs> pregnant women into drinking." <laughs> and he's like, "I don't think terrorists are coming after you guys anytime soon. You don't kill anywhere near the number of people I kill." Yeah, this is a real douchebag thing. <laughs> he's super insulting. Yeah, she like, gets very awkward. He's like, "What? You kill like 
twelve thousand a year, and that's nothing. I what, kill twelve hundred a day. <laughs> he's like, guns do what? Thirty a day? Ooh. He's like, I'm sorry, it's a stupid argument. He's I'm like, sure you know what? Warrant vigilante justice. Yeah, I'm sure all of us warrant <laughs> vigilante justice. <laughs> so next we see him walking down the street and he's kidnapped. Basically tackled into a van. Mm. It's hilarious. He's tied up and his clothes are cut off. <laughs> he starts saying, We should we need to start a dialogue here. <laughs> I'm sure you could get a few million dollars for me. We don't want money. And the guy's like, We don't want money. And we don't want to talk to you. You're not on TV anymore. Stop spewing your statistics at us. <laughs> like, we want you... To... They want you to stop killing people. Yeah, but he's not killing anybody. He asks... Uh, they ask him how much he smokes a day. He doesn't answer. But they start covering him with nicotine patches. Yikes. And we cut to Joey's school where they're presenting their papers on the government. And we keep going back and forth between the two. And there's the one girl that's right before Joey's like... Well, we got to be able to do whatever we want to do because that's what you want to do, and that's America. Because otherwise... We wouldn't be free. We wouldn't be free. <laughs> it's like, this kid is an idiot. <laughs> well, in all fairness, this paper was bullshit. Yeah, it very much was. <laughs> and it sounded like all she did was bullshit. <laughs> She's probably actually a senator now. <laughs> Even the wording of the title of the paper was ridiculous. Yeah. Nick had to overlook the, the syntax. <laughs> So uh, Nick's getting covered in the patches while being read the side effects. And Joey's talking about what makes the American government the best is passion. It's love. You got another word for it. Love. It's like, oh, the boy's got the gift. (laughs) And that's when Nick is like, what do you guys want? He's like, what does anyone want? The love of a good woman. A woman. Crispy bacon. (laughs) The average lifespan of her 80 years. (laughs) Elaine heard bacon and started writing some notes. Ooh, bacon. (laughs) So Nick passes out, and we cut to a commercial about what to do if you smell smoke in a hotel room. And there's, like, a female narrator who says, feel the door for heat, put a call on the front desk, put a wet cloth on your mouth, crawl if you have to, don't inhale the smoke. But if you do inhale the smoke, don't worry, because there have been no conclusive (laughs) studies (laughs) connecting inhaling or smoking to emphysema. And then he has this confused look on his face and wakes up in the hospital. (laughs) like what happened and the nurse goes oh you're awake <laughs> and he's like that's uh <laughs> the way that you said that <laughs> yeah. you said it makes me think that I would very easily just have not mm-hmm. so everyone gathers around him his ex-wife Joey Bobby J Polly BR and on a TV screen the captain I like the way this is Nick shot because they like raise his hospital bed and he comes up and then there's all these people in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like hello and uh the doctor tells him that cigarettes saved his life. No, no non-smoker would be able to resist. Can I quote you on that, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> and then he tells him he can't smoke ever. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's fine. I quit before. I quit when she was pregnant. How, like, how, how are we talking here? Ever. 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 Your body cannot handle it, and you will go back into a paralytic state. Which, which is, I don't think that's how that works. No, but it's a satire, so they can get away. Silly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that many nicotine patches would kill anyone. Mm-hmm. So but... They, if you were a heavy smoker and somehow survived, you know, after a couple days, you'd be fine. <laughs> Process that shit out. So the captain is also in the hospital because his heart, his damn heart, failed him again. <laughs> Isn't he smoking a cigar? He has a cigar. Yeah, he has. I mean, he has a cigar in the hospital bed with him. Yeah. He's the captain. He's like, I yeah. thought we could be roommates. <laughs> so BR says, I don't want to rush you, but there's a camera crew right out there and we want to make the evening news. <laughs> 
So uh, Nick does a segment from his hospital bed where he talks about how the patches are deadly and cigarettes saved his life. He's been saying that all along. (laughs) (laughs) She asks him if his condition will prevent him from testifying at the hearing about the poison labels and the senator that the senator wants on the packs. And he says, now more than ever, he's going to be there. Nothing's keeping him away. The senator is pissed. (laughs) And Ron is confused because... Wasn't the kidnapping a good thing? And he's like, no, he didn't die. (laughs) Now he looks like a victim, lucky bastard. (laughs) Again, something I could see a politician doing. (laughs) So the mod squad meets for lunch at the hospital and Joey's there. And Bobby J wants to give all the details about how Nick was found. Buck naked in Lincoln's Lincoln's crotch. (laughs) Covered in patches with a sign on his chest, but we don't get to learn what that said. He's like, that's, that's enough. <laughs> because Polly's like, stop. Nobody needs to hear yeah. all this. Neither of them need to hear all this. And then Bobby J's like, look, here, just take this. And he gives him a little tiny gun. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's small, but it packs a punch. Yeah. Just one, two, you're good. You don't have to worry. And Polly's like, you're not giving him a gun. <laughs> Joey's like, cool. <laughs> He's like, I know, right? Yeah. He's like, I mean, guns are to be treated with safety. <laughs> I changed my mind. I want that guy's job. (laughs) So everyone is thrilled when Nick comes back to work. NBR says he's booked on all the talk shows. For once, they have public sympathy on their side. They couldn't have planned this better themselves. (coughs) But in the hospital, Nick started questioning. He's always been totally all about his cause, even though he knew he was spewing bullshit. But now he's starting to think maybe he shouldn't be in the cigarette game. Maybe this is dangerous. Well, he so, was kidnapped. He goes back to work, and his boss is like, we couldn't have planned this better ourselves. And Nick just has to lose. Maybe next time I'll lose a lung. <laughs> and the, the guy's like, okay. Maybe <laughs> you guys are just using me, and I shouldn't work here anymore. Yeah. He's starting to question. So, uh, ooh, I lost my spot. I think he was starting to question when BR stole his Hollywood idea. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he didn't give a shit about him. I don't think he cared about that. BR tells him Heather's article is coming out tomorrow and is like, should I be worried about anything? He's like, yeah, like the Lung Cancer Society is after us. And he's like, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> that night, Nick goes to meet with the Mod Squad and they are not thrilled because Bobby J has been called by the paper to get the correct spelling and name of his job title. And he's like, you, they're like, you didn't tell her about us, did you? He's no, like, they're like, you didn't fuck her, did you? Tell me you didn't he's fuck like, her. You maybe didn't in fuck passing. her. Oh, crap, he fucked her. <laughs> in passing. <laughs> he's like, look, she's a really nice girl. Like, ah, we're fucked. <laughs> I like how they're giving him shit, and then Bobby starts smiling, and he's like, I won $100. <laughs> <laughs> so next we cut to a montage of everyone reading the article while it is read to us. It includes information about the Mod Squad, the movie deal, giving Lauren the money to keep quiet, and even talks about how Joey is possibly being groomed by Big Tobacco as he joins his father on trips. Which I don't... Like, all the things are are true, except for that. And I don't think that should have been in there. She's a reporter. I'm just saying, all the things she said were true, except for that, though. Mm-hmm. See, and what you do is you focus on that. You have to, All you have to do is disprove that, everything else loses credibility. Well... It's but, of course, the, the 
the retraction will be on page six <laughs> in like two I, weeks. I think he discredits this reporter in a beautiful way anyways. Yeah, well, Heather calls him. Said, Did you like the article? And he's like, uh. You bitch. <laughs> there was a lot of privileged information. You know, off the, off the record, record stuff. stuff. She's like, you never said off the record. He says, I, anything that I said while I was inside of you, I presumed <laughs> was confidential. <She's laughs> well, you like, never said that. <laughs> Look, if you wanted to talk on a plane or in your office or at a restaurant, I would have done that. You wanted to talk while you fucked. <laughs> He's like, you use me. She's like, we're not children. You like your job. I like my job. We're consenting adults. And I have a mortgage. How can you do this to me? To pay the mortgage. Yeah. God, I... Mm. That, those bridges burned. They are never... <laughs> no no more hibbity or dibbity. Nope. She's so, he goes to BR's office. His BR's reading the article. He puts the paper down. <laughs> Bitch. Whore. <laughs> All right. That being said, you You're really wrong. done fucked up. <laughs> you ruined all the good press you got from the kidnapping. You should have been more careful. Like, she's a bitch and she shouldn't have done that, but you were stupid. Yeah. <laughs> how good were... But I don't think Katie Holmes' tits are that great. No. Well, you know, the whole time we're talking about how good her tits are, and then we saw her, and I was like, no! <laughs> I'm not saying that she has bad tits. It's just not... It's not like you see her and you're like, ooh, nice tits. Like, no, it was just a, it's just in the screenplay. You know, yeah. Whoever the actress was going to be. It's know. just an odd... You know, you know they're not great tits. They're no. they're just. She's a beautiful tits. woman. You could have talked tits. about something else. <laughs> I don't know about nipple placement, but no. she's we no don't girl ever, from that. We movie. only ever see her like in button down shirts, so we don't even get like cleavage. We get nothing. Yeah, they had sex with like almost all of their clothes on, which yeah. no. <laughs> what? So anyway, he's it's like grandpa look. style with their shirts. On. <laughs> I'm gonna do you grandpa style. Oh shit! He's like, so we we put we. <laughs> Get, do a rebuttal like there's other reporters and he's like no nah, there's not gonna be a rebuttal we're in damage control mode and that means you talk to no one you don't testify and there is distance between us now because you don't work here anymore yeah they fired him which is harsh he has to take the heat from the article on his own and nick asks what the captain thinks captain we lost died. captain we lost captain this morning mm. he's like well shit i guess i'm fine yeah, yeah. so he goes to the funeral and when he gets home, he has some messages. One saying that if he doesn't come pick up his stuff from the office, they're going to throw <laughs> it away. <laughs> One that uh, says the FBI hasn't found any leads on his kidnapping and they're turning the case over to the Metro Police. And one that from Jeff's assistant apologizing for their not being able to work together on a project, but inviting him to hang out the next time he's in L.A. Okay. <laughs> Nick is down. But not out. He just wallows around his apartment eating takeout and drinking. <laughs> Falling asleep around base on the couch. His ex-wife comes by and he doesn't want to talk to anyone, but she brought Joey. He's like, it's not a good time. I brought somebody who really wants to talk to you. And he kind of like, you seem like flop over to the peephole. And he's like, Ugh, I guess I have to open the door. <laughs> really loves his son. Yeah, he does. He's and, a good uh, dad. He's like, go get a Coke out of the kitchen. And she, then she gives him a hard time by Heather. She must be really hot. <laughs> like, fuck you. Get out of my house. I actually like her here. I like the relationship between them here. We don't see it anywhere else in the movie. But but I like this too because she gives him a little bit of a hard time, but she seems very accepting of the fact yeah. that, dude, you fucked a reporter and this is what you get. But she's not like 
telling me he's a failure. No, she's or, not being judgmental or bitchy. She's no. She's just gently ribbing at him, and then and she's like, "Look, it's good to have flaws. It makes you human." And he's like, "I don't want to be human." <laughs> and then she t- reassures him that his son still thinks he's a superhero. Yep, which is nice. The yeah. bee's knees. It is a very nice thing. Bees don't have knees. It's a saying, dear. <laughs> it's like the cat's pajamas. Cats also don't have ca- fucking pajamas. But they do make cats pajamas. But yes. bees still don't have knees. <laughs> but you should need to stay away from cats. They're florkins. Florkins? Right. Florkins? Florkins. I don't know what that is, but my cats are good. <laughs> or they're florkins. Well, they're florkins. Who ate Tony's Fight Club soap? Tony says and that he knows what mm-hmm. that is, and our cats aren't. How would you know? <laughs> unless you knew. <laughs> he said there would be signs. I have no idea, because this might as well be... <laughs> You should go see Captain Marvel. I would like to. John liked like it more than Wonder Woman. I did like it more than Wonder Woman. I did not like it more than Wonder Woman. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. But it was all right. All right. So Joey asked him why he told the reporter so much. And he's like, you're too young to understand. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, mom thinks it's because you have dependency issues. And it was bound to happen eventually. <laughs> You're like, that's one theory. She's not wrong. <laughs> I like the way he said to him, well, that's one theory. <laughs> and Joey's like, why are you hiding? And he's like, because I'm generally hated right now. But aren't you always generally hated? Isn't your job to be generally hated? And he's like, I mean, kind of. <laughs> but this is different. And Joey's like, look, you're just telling yourself that so you can feel sorry for yourself. But you should go do your job. You're the best at it. And you should be doing it. And he's like, this reminds me of why I do what I do. Fighting for the disenfranchised corporations that can't defend themselves. (laughs) Their own consumers have abandoned them. (laughs) And then he's like, the logger, the sweatshop warden or whatever it is. The baby seal (laughs) poacher. And they're like, baby seal poacher? Because then we cut to him meeting with the mod squad. And And Bobby's like, even I think that's And Polly is pissed. Not only did Bobby Ray bet her $100 that Nick would spill everything to report her. This is when then he's, when he's yeah. all happy because now he has the money. Uh, but his bosses like the story or even making bumper stickers about the merchants of death. But she's getting a lot of flack at work over this article. <laughs> and uh, he tells him he wishes he could still go to the hearing. And Polly asks him about how he would get in if he could still testify. And he's looking at Bobby Jay's dessert. Which is American pie. American pie covered in American it's cheese. Apple pie, apple pie with, with American American cheese, cheese on it. With oh, a no. little fucking no. toothpick flat. Like a craft single. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's it's, like, that's it's, disgusting. It's American. It's American. <laughs> it, and then Polly's wow. like, half apple a bite. And cheese are delicious together. <laughs> but craft <but> singles? <laughs> those are only good in like a grilled cheese sandwich. You know what? I'm going to make apple pie. I'm not eating the- it. You didn't even let me finish. Not eating that. Don't put that cheese on my pie. I have had apple dessert, not pie, that had like cheddar cheese, mm-hmm. grated cheddar cheese in it. Because apples and cheese are good together. Apples and cheese are good. No. Like fondue. Like fondue. One of no. my favorite cheese dip, like cheese fondue dips is apples. Fondue. No. Anyway. <laughs> Don't put that shit on my pie. Uh, so you he's put that shit on your pie. There's a little American flag, like toothpick size thing in the pie. And, and he's, he's like, that's crazy. That. Bobby's like, it's American. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets an idea. He so looks Ron- at the cheese. He's like, aha. <laughs> Ron goes to the it's senator's office and turns on the TV. 
You're not going to like this. <laughs> Nick is holding a pe- press conference to address the article. He states he will not rest until he clears the names of those mentioned in the article. He's learned from this experience. He's learned that having sexual affairs with members of the press is unfair, not to him, but to all the people whose only crime is knowing him. And it was them that suffered for his meaningless affair with the seductress reporter. He won't name her because he has dignity. <laughs> it's just great. And you and see her at work and she's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, podcast. I made a face. You can't. A shocked face. She's shocked and she drops the file in her hand and everybody kind of looks at her. <laughs> Someone's in the corner. I call slut. <laughs> So one of his friends from work is in the crowd posing as the press and he asks Nick if he's going to testify tomorrow. And he says... I'm glad you asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) Guy I planted here. (laughs) I'll be there unless the senator has withdrawn my invitation. And you see the senator going, it's called a subpoena. (laughs) (laughs) And he doesn't take any more questions though. I'll see y'all tomorrow (laughs) because he's only taking that one question from that one guy. The senator's phone starts ringing off the hook. And Finister is like, damn it! And writes him down on the yeah. list. Nick Naylor's back, motherfuckers. Yeah. Polly and Bobby J accompany oh, Nick to the hearing. <laughs> the senator leads the hearing and asks questions about why the picture of the skull, like the different experts, the doctors and stuff. Why do we have to have this picture? Why can't we just have words? People respond better to pictures. Like, and he's like leading the witnesses every yeah. single time. Yeah. Pictures are better for people who aren't native speakers or can't read or can't read English or, you know, all this What's stuff. What's funny about that is, like, um, and just the American, people can't, American uh, people want uh, foreigners to die because they don't read English. It's like, you ever been to a foreign country? They're all smoking nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of those funny things. But, I mean, they do, people do respond better to pictures than to words. Right. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. So Nick finally gets uh, called to testify. Like we didn't fucking notice. <laughs> <laughs> Joey walks in with his mom just in time to see him. And he has to, Nick has asked his name, his address, and his job information. I don't know why they asked him his address. And I'm like, um, this is a public forum. I'm not giving you my address. Yeah. <laughs> I've already had death threats. Not giving you my address. That reminds me of the episode of Parks and Rec where they want Ron's address. When he has to testify. Oh, yeah. When Leslie and Chris are, not Chris, it's Rob Lowe, but he's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tra- uh, traitor. The traitor. ethics thing. I would say somewhere in the United States. And he's like, no, United don't States, get them my you. address. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Somewhere in the continent of the United States. And I am unemployed. Thank you very much. <laughs> but until recently, he was the vice president of the Academy for Tobacco Studies. Great job. And the senator asks if the fact that the Academy is funded by tobacco companies affects their priorities. And Nick says, no more than campaign contributions affect yours. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's going to be that kind of party. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Nick is asked if he thinks cigarettes are harmful. And he's like, yes, I do. Everybody knows they are. (laughs) And he starts to ask everybody in the crowd if they know. And and the guy's like, no. The the senator from Detroit's like, no, we ain't doing that. (laughs) Detroit, Michigan. Not just Detroit, Michigan. He's like, this isn't a secret. There's no need for the label because everybody knows smoking is dangerous. And uh, Nick goes on to say that perhaps specific corporations should uh, need but, should have warning labels on their products too. But if put one on Boeing and he's talking about whatever the hell they're making. Ford. Says, what about Ford? Got a Michigan. It's like yeah. what about we put something on um, 
uh, on cheese on Vermont <laughs> cheddar because the number one cause of death, cause of in, death in this country is, is cholesterol. 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 Yeah, cholesterol. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> dying of heart attacks. Maybe we should put poison labels on cheese. Ooh. Like, the great state of Vermont. I apologize for its cheese. Which was is a really good argument. It's yeah. Like, um, motherfucker, you don't want to put a warning label on McDonald's. Yeah. Eat that every day. You ever see that supersize me? See what happens to a motherfucker. <laughs> so they, they're they like, hey, look, we're here to discuss cigarettes, not cars, not planes, not cheese. <laughs> cigarettes. What about those who don't know? What about the kids? And he's like, look, it's called education. And it doesn't come from the side of a cigarette pack. <laughs> it mm-hmm. comes from school and home, the parents and teachers educate children about the dangers of the world including cigarettes they need to be properly educated and prepared to make their own decisions when they're old enough and he's like look i see my son and i'm proud to be responsible for his growth and development and they're like okay well what if he wanted to smoke he's like i can't support that he's not 18 it would be illegal (laughs) it's like all right tiptoeing around this when he turns 18 he wants to smoke he's like ooh. and then we get a little pause while he thinks and he smiles. And he says, if he really wants a cigarette, I'll buy him his first pack. <laughs> and then he drops the mic and he says, F this, I'm mobile. <laughs> They're like, you can be excused. Like, VR's this- there and follows him out. This bill is going down. That yeah. was awesome. He's like, were you in the same room as me? Yes, I was. That was awesome. <laughs> he's like, look, we're a team. And he's like, are we? Because that's good for y'all, but I'm not on your team anymore. You fired me, motherfucker. He's like, no, no, you're back. We need you. Like, they're willing to do anything for you. And then they go outside, and the reporters are like, are you going to continue fighting for cigarettes? And Briar's Briar's like, yeah. And they're like, really? And he's like, no. No. (laughs) He's like, this could be a moment where I teach my kid about getting back at backstabbing (laughs) bosses. But really... My kid is more important. Yeah. And I don't want to fight for cigarettes anymore. So, it was such a good time because after that, the Institute of Tobacco Studies went under and they had to pay the. They had to pay $250 billion or to almost. Smokers or something like that. To the American smoker in lawsuits. The Mod Squad still meets once a week and has extended to expanded to include fast food, oil. oil. And Tony said the other waste. one was nuclear. Yeah, oh. nuclear waste. I didn't recognize the symbol. Uh, my bad. Uh, the senator is still fighting for his causes. The incredibly ridiculous cause of mo- now, removing cigarettes from, from old movies, movies and <laughs> pictures. Think we're changing history. He's like, no, I don't think so. I think we're improving history. <laughs> the look Turn. on that reporter's face like, uh. <laughs> Heather is still a reporter, but she's been downgraded to that poor chick that's out in the hurricane. <laughs> it's the biggest storm ever! <laughs> Palms like flying into her face. <laughs> Joey is a debate champion, and Nick has opened his own consulting firm for public rea- relations he says, and lobbies. Tell me, is it true? And like, well, we don't know. Guys, guys, guys. There have been no studies that confirm that cell phones are dangerous. <laughs> well, we are looking into it. Yeah. And I looked at Elaine. I was like, how come we don't hear about this anymore? She said, everybody's like, fuck it. <laughs> because everybody said, fuck it. We like cell phones. So who cares? Mm-hmm. I was never convinced they were giving people brain cancer. No. Well, if they were, we'll probably find out soon enough. Right. <laughs> Maybe when they first True. came out, that big Zach Morris phone. Yeah. Apple <laughs> Apple is probably giving people uh, briefcases full of hush money so they don't come <laughs> aboard with their big brain cancer. 
I'll take Maybe. it. Maybe. Maybe. Well, think also, people don't talk on the phone anymore. <laughs> All right. What did you think, John? Oh, I get to go first. Yep. All right. My favorite person, my favorite character is Nick Naylor. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character is Heather because I don't like reporters and she's especially bad. <laughs> um, my favorite line is um, Brad, I'm his father. You're the guy fucking his mom. <laughs> okay. For all the single dads out there. <laughs> <clears throat> my favorite scene. Um, that's, 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 a, that's a tough one. It really is. I, it's a tough it's a tough one. Every time yeah. I was like, ooh, that one. Ooh, that one. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with the uh, Mod Squad meetings. So all of the Mod Squad meetings. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing the Mod Squad. Oh. <sighs> and my favorite tertiary object? Hmm. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. I'm going to go with the briefcase full of cash. I, it was not a toughie. The briefcase... <laughs> Brief face called briefcase full of cash. A beef face full of cash. <laughs> beef face full of cash. cash. It was cash. always the cash. And I will yay this movie. I've enjoyed this movie since it came you out. You said it wrong. It's cash. Cash. <laughs> cash. Pango and cash. Cash in the face. Okay, I will yay this movie because. <laughs> cash. Cash. I've enjoyed it. Please stop talking like that. No. <laughs> Okay, right, let's but, move on. <laughs> but I enjoy it. It's fun. It's good. It pokes fun at a lot of things. Um, lighten up. Fight for cigarettes. Who's next? Tony. No. Oh. <laughs> favorite character? Jeff Miguel or whatever. Okay. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. Least favorite character? Heather Holloway. Katie Holmes. Fuck Pretty her. much anything she's ever been in, ever. Uh, <laughs> she goes on my list. Wasn't she on, like, Dawson's Creek? I never yeah. saw yes. that. You wouldn't last a day on the she creek. <laughs> Did you see the Kevin Smith thing? Yeah. That was awesome. They're going to be in it? Mm-hmm. That's cool shit. The Dawson. The Dawson. <sighs> Let's see. Favorite line He's was, referencing uh, Jay in Silent Bob's reboot. Mm-hmm. When Jeff Jeff says, uh, you, you already said it, but... One other thing, you'll be co-financing the picture with the Sultan of Gluton. Sultan of Gluton, the one that massacred and enslaved his own people? Aren't they calling him the Hitler of the South Pacific? I can't speak to that. (laughs) In my dealings with him, he's been a very reasonable and sensitive guy. He's fun. You'll like him. Oh, that's London calling. It's 7 a.m. in the old empire. Jeff, when do you sleep? Sundays. (laughs) Uh, Favorite scene is pretty much any time in the talks between Nick and Jeff, because that's awesome. Favorite tertiary object is cheese apple pie. (laughs) <laughs> and I uh, won't eat it. Uh, well, yay, this movie. Awesome. I liked it. What do you have to say, Elaine? She's my favorite thoughts. character is Nick Naylor. Good job. My least favorite character is Heather Holloway. Good job. I'd like to add her on my list. Katie Holmes goes on my list right under Shannon Sossaman because she sucks. <laughs> I wish she, I think she'd be, she'd be penciled in for a visit by um, the Poots. My Ooh. favorite scene. <laughs> Shit. Imogen Poots needs to go say hi. Damn. I, With a box cutter? I don't, <laughs> Whoa, don't get crazy. I don't want Imogen Poots and Katie Holmes to be in a movie together because then I would have to look at Katie no, Holmes. No, <laughs> What I meant by that was wow. I want Imogen Poots to replace Katie but, Holmes in everything she does. Oh, okay. Except oh, wow. for Tom Cruise. So we're just going to go back in time and <laughs> digitally replace Katie Holmes and, with and, Imogen Poots. will be improving movies. And probably not Dawson's Creek because then Dawson's dating like a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, that'd be weird. It's yeah. a little weird. Went to that Johnny Depp thing from last minute. My favorite scene is all of the MOW meeting or MOD. Mod. 
and mod meetings because they're great. Wow, she stole <laughs> all of my stuff. No, no. You stole all my stuff. I went first, you went second. <laughs> my stealing. favorite line is, see, Joey, that's the beauty of argument. Because if you argue correctly, you're never wrong. Mm-hmm. And my favorite tertiary object, I actually kind of have two. Okay. Mm. Um, the first thing I picked was the sand garden that you're in Jeff's office. Because uh-huh. that's sand great. Sand garden. Yeah. But I, have one on my desk I also like, yes. there's a shot of William H. Macy where they show under his desk and he's wearing socks and sandals. <laughs> like Birkenstock. <laughs> Birken. Wow. I Which, missed that. That's hilarious. God, it's, it's really funny. So I have two favorite tertiary objects. And I'm going to yay this movie. It's really good. Woo! And the line delivery in this movie—it's not just that there's great lines because there is, but the line delivery is really good. There's just good acting in this. Like really good, yeah. Really good, Carly. All right, my favorite character also Nick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although I really love Rob Lowe and Adam Brody. They just weren't in enough. My favorite not. scene is when they go to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they and Adam Brody showing them around. Yeah. I just loved it. It's wonderful. Um, my. Least favorite character, also Heather, because she's... Uh, <laughs> it's hard to pick any Followed else. by Brad. <laughs> Brad wasn't it very much. My favorite line just got me every time I watched it when they're like, oh, he fucked her. When? In passing. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite tertiary object, at the beginning of the movie when he's talking to us about his job and we see the Academy... We pan over this like desk art swirly thing that is covered in cigarettes. <laughs> it's like this weird desk art cigarette sculpture. Wow. That the first time I was like, is that cigarettes? <laughs> so Carly likes her cigarettes in art. Okay. Well, Carly doesn't want to smoke them, so. <laughs> That's one of the only ways you can still smoke in theaters is if you're if it's part of your performance. Mm. Carly. So I will also yay this movie, by the way. Yeah, we. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And uh, I encourage you to find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, on Instagram at unmovie podcast dogs, on Twitter at unmovie podcast, and email unmovie podcast at gmail.com. And go back and listen to our other episodes. Especially Tango and Cash. We appreciate all the new listeners. We had a lot of new listeners this week. Oh, good. Welcome, awesome. to, welcome to the adventure, friends. And let me tell you, we don't take ourselves too seriously, so don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> I don't know. F this, I'm mobile. <laughs> That's the sound bite we need. We need F this I mobile so that you can play it right before you stop the podcast. That would be good. Also, that would have been good to not tell next everybody. time. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, next oh, week yeah. on the podcast is Elaine's pick. Yeah, and I'm gonna pick an old favorite. Hookers, hackers, hackers, hookers, hookers. hookers. <laughs> no, not TJ Hooker. Oh. So she wrote it. Looked like hookers. Uh-huh. We're gonna talk about uh, Angelina so, Jolie. And what's that uh, Johnny, um, what's his nuts? I don't know. Oh, God, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> now, are you picking hackers because you can't pick Gone in 60 Seconds? <laughs> I can, too, pick that on my birthday on if birthday? I feel like it. <laughs> on your birthday, you can. But I have a feeling she might. No, I'm picking hackers because <laughs> okay. it's Tintin. Or, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is Tintin. this going to be our first Angelina Jolie? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Ha, beat you to the punch. Mm. <laughs> That's this on mobile. <laughs> <laughs>